0: Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. The fixture schedule has played havoc with our end of season run-in, so we're recording this episode ahead of our visit to West Ham on Monday night. Which is probably just as well, because we're already fucking down anyway. (laughs) So, to say goodbye to the Premier League with me are Chris Brammer.
1: Hello Dave.
0: Ben Cartwright.
2: Good morning Dave, how are you doing?
0: Very well, thanks. And making a what I believe is his second appearance on the Wizards of Drivel podcast, it's Real Sport Football Editor, John McKenzie.
3: Hello, Dave. How are you doing?
0: I'm uh, very well. Uh, this is a weird one because there's four of us, which never normally happens, so I'm worried it's all going to break down horribly. But, you know, what a metaphor that would be for our season. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got no actual game to... Sp- uh, talk about in this episode, so I thought we'd just kind of uh, kind of say goodbye to the Premier League by talking about a few kind of issues around it and the first uh, kind of question i 've got is something you suggested to me during the week ben uh, a kind of debate you'd team discussed about uh, will the Premier League actually miss stoke
2: it 's a huge question it 's one that 's been on my mind for a while um and literally as I went to bed last night um groggy eyed i saw a talk sport poll um on on my twitter feed don't go on twitter before bed guys um it's it said who will you miss um when they get relegated presuming that southampton stoke and west brom would get relegated um the the options were those three teams and none of the above and i think um this is off the top of my head i think Southampton got the, the honour of having sort of about 25%. These numbers aren't going to fit at all, by the way. Uh, got maybe 30%. Uh, West Brom, 8%. Not great. They're not going to be missed. Stoke City, 9%. Surprisingly, we beat West Brom in that. I mean, none of the above did win. Well, we
0: always we, beat we, West Brom. Well, we
2: not for a while, West but um, not for a period, I mean... Yeah, so there's the views of TalkSport. I mean, presumably Southampton got a few votes from the Liverpool fans because they won't be able to sign any um, championship players and put them in their team (laughs) straight away. But obviously that poll means absolutely nothing. As we all know, Twitter polls especially mean absolutely nothing. But it's an interesting one. I think throughout our time in the Premier League, a a lot of fans of other clubs in the Premier League would say, oh, I wish Stoke would go down. The answer for that question has significantly changed since we started. I mean, at the start it would have been like, I wish they go down because they play rugby and they're really difficult to beat, essentially, um, is the issue there for um, top, top clubs who come to the Britannia and struggle to win. Now the answer is no, I want them to go down. I won't miss them because what are Stoke? And it's something that we've talked about a lot and and that's a great shame that it's it's come to this I mean will the Premier League miss Stoke I'd probably say no not in the current format and I mean we've moaned about it as Stoke fans so if other Premier League fans are going to say oh goodbye Stoke and fair enough then I'm not going to bemoan them for that because <laughs> like, why wouldn't
0: you because we're awful <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's I can't disagree with any of that. Uh, John, uh, you're a Leeds fan. Um, did you get the sense that the Premier League uh, missed Leeds or th- did you get comments from people saying, oh, it's a real shame Leeds have gone down, the, You know, they're a massive club? Because I, I imagine that who people want to go down depends on very much on their own club allegiance. But uh, what was your experience of Leeds' relegation like?
3: Yeah, it took time, I think, before we started getting the... Well, you know, Leeds feel implicitly like they're a Premier League side, and we, we miss them, and it'd be good to have them back in. Um, whether or not that means anything, I don't know, and and I guess it's, the whole thing with that is just a peculiarity of history, right? It's it's something that happened um, at a very specific point in in Premier League history, and I think when you look at when you look at Leeds, you do get um, a very concrete idea of what. Well, Leeds are a club in stasis, so you get a very concrete idea of what Premier League football was like before it really became the, the behemoth that it has become. Um, so I think with, when, when it comes to Leeds, there's all that, there's all that background that is, is, is around there. And obviously the fact that we, went, we got to the semi-finals of the Champions League like three, four years before we went down in the end, that also uh, affects it. Um, and Leeds is obviously a big city it's got, it's the big, well I think it's one of the biggest cities in the UK which only has one club so there's there's that as well um, so I don't whether or not the comparisons with Stoke would be fair, I don't know at, at all um, but I suppose Stoke have always felt like that club who, who got into the Premier League and I, I guess avoided against all the odds, stayed there and I think that's there's more and more clubs doing that now, um, so mm. I think that probably will affect the way that people will view Stoke. They'll be like, "Well, yeah, they had their fair chance of, of of reversing the odds, but you know, it's it's only natural that some teams have got to go down." And I think, as you say, on the basis of what's happened this season, and people always remember what's happened at the end of a of a spell like this rather than through the whole course of it. I think, yeah, the majority of Premier League fans won't. And miss Stoke because they'll, they will say precisely that, you know, Stoke would just somewhere where you would go, hope that none of your players got injured uh, and would probably be harder to beat than you would hope so
0: hmm. uh, Someone me and Ben were at FC United of Manchester yesterday and I heard, I've heard someone make the point that this season all three promoted teams are probably going to stay up mm-hmm. um, so is it the case Chris that we're just not special anymore and <laughs> it, what our our achievements were can be achieved by clubs with seemingly less resources than we had and whilst playing better football, if you, if you believe Huddersfield and Brighton play
1: better football than we do I mean there, there is certainly an argument for that and I think um, I think that fits nicely into the, the narrative that was our time in the Premier League, I think when we came up and it was that very dogmatic Tony Pulis football it was very much like um, we were... Oh, oh, oh yeah, we, we weren't welcome at the Premier League. It was that feeling, anyway. I mean, uh, what, Stephen Mifflin's book that he wrote about the first season, uh, Staying Up, was exiled in the promised land, wasn't it? Um, the You know, it was quite clearly a narrative that we, as fans, bought into, and it that, you know, people didn't want us there, and we kind of thrived off that. Um, I think football definitely has changed, and I don't know whether it would be necessary for a team coming up now to play the same type of football um that we played when we first came up. Although saying that, I don't think I, I think it's very easy 10 years on to look back and be like, Ooh, Stoke, "Oh, Stoke are they they stayed up for 10 years. It was quite easy." Like the team that came up by no means were of a Premier League quality and I I do think the the job that Tony Pulis did had to be commended because, yeah, that was not a team of Premier League quality and somehow it managed to survive relatively comfortably um, un- until this point on. And whether whether teams coming up now need to do the same thing, I don't know. I guess we'll find out when Tony Pulis gets Middlesbrough up at some point, won't we, and see what he <laughs> does then. Um, but I-, I don't know. I'd like to think that you can do it a different way. I mean, really... If we're going to go back a few years, Swansea were the ones who really broke broke that mould a little bit, didn't they? When they came up and started playing um, possession football and every and, and became the media darlings, I think that was the, the the mainstream media seeing an a team coming up and being impressed that they didn't have to play what would be termed negative football.
0: Hmm. Um. A lot. A point that's been raised a lot about this season is how, like, how pretty much over half of the Premier League teams are just terrible. They're just really, just horrible to watch. Rank bad sides. It's a lot of people have claimed like this is the worst league ever for quality, sort of below the top six. And uh, why is that? Why has the Premier League gotten so much worse? Because I think on paper the teams are kind of getting better you've got you've got like Shakiri at Stoke and you know wonderful in theory players at some of these relegation battling clubs but why is it that everyone else seems to be toilet uh, ben uh, do you have any thoughts on that
2: yeah i mean i think it's something that i've said before in the pod actually i think a big part of it will be the fact that every single club without exception really is able to spend upwards of fifteen million pounds on a player. I don't know I don't know how many clubs haven't spent at sort of double figures in millions on a player. So with that comes expectation and then when you don't sort of hit the top half, then fans will be disappointed. It happened to us last season. I mean, we survived uh but we didn't do it particularly well. But still, I mean, how many of us would swap an arm and a leg to be able to be in the position we were in last season? um at this stage just to be okay mm. but all of those clubs above us i mean except for obviously the three promoted clubs many most of them will be disappointed i mean you've got teams like burnley who have absolutely exceeded any expectation and they're having a great time and then you've got man city who else is like particularly happy with this? Newcastle fans probably, but then everything's going on with them, so they're not happy. Who? I mean, it, it comes down to football fans never being happy as well. But I think when you're when you've got so much money, it's all, it's always going to be a lot of money for for me or for anyone who doesn't have a lot of money. You're going to want your team to perform, I think, and that isn't happening. And and also teams just don't know how to defend um, <laughs> anymore. So. That's probably an issue as well, and I don't, I, I don't know why it is. There's probably a whole host of different reasons, but I think it comes down to money, probably. But maybe that's too simplistic. I don't know. I,
1: I almost <clears> feel like, I think I, what you're, you've touched on there is quite right, Ben. But I, I, the more money that is splashed around, I don't think is linked to a better quality. It is definitely linked to a, a heightened expectation, but all it's really led to. Um, is what an inflation in in the market? So we are, you you know, teams like Crystal Palace are spending near forty million pounds on Christian Benteke, and w- with that price comes an expectation. But you're still buying the same quality of players, and it. And this is the the first season in the Premier League that I can remember where I feel so just switched off by by the actual product itself. Like I and maybe and maybe that is purely linked to the fact that I've not enjoyed Stoke this season but with the exceptions of man city and well with some of the top teams whose performances I've like I oh, I've sat down and really enjoyed a match I I can't say that I've been hooked to to football this season at least not football in the premier league and I don't know maybe John, being the analytical man that he is, has an i has an idea of like <laughs> you you don't you, you seem worried about me coming to you with this job, but I don't know if there's like maybe it is just purely I don't know an impression that things are not going as well in this season, or maybe there is some goodness knows actual evidence to suggest that it's actually been pretty bad for football this year. I don't know.
0: Yeah, John, John you are the clever bloke of the podcast now we, we finally got one we finally got someone clever on I have no idea that's my
3: answer um, um, there's a few, a few things I would say I do agree with the point about, about money but I think that the, what's happening at the moment is the result of huge amounts of money coming in and being, more, and being di- divided more egalitarianly around so you are getting more clubs at the bottom now with money and thinking that that's going to be the solution so you have you have a very interesting phenomenon this season, I think, which is yes, the clubs who 've come up have done well, but it 's been balanced off against clubs who you traditionally think would do quite well, doing badly so so West Ham starting the season very poorly, Everton for a while were looking like like they might be in a relegation battle, um, Crystal Palace, even um, a club who 've not spent <laughs> no money in in recent years so I think what what's happened is is that there is this narrative that goes around where people think more money equals success, but that, that's obviously not the case. And what the, the the lesson that we've learned from the clubs going up is that you can do quite well with spending your money, but spending it wisely. Um, and I think what we're what we're seeing this season is just the after effects of of, of that TV revenue being shared around a bit more. Um, and I'm sure it will stabilise. And I think what will happen is we will have a couple of the uh, the sort of traditional teams mid-table teams dropping down and realizing that, you know, you, you have got to think about what you do. You can't just fall back onto that. The other side of things is um, what you're talking about the way that the, the Premier League um, product doesn't feel quite as so satisfying as it did. One of the things that I've noticed, obviously, my job peaks and troughs around the Premier League uh, fixture schedule. Um, and so when I'm looking at the beginning of the week towards the weekend and I'm looking, I'm looking at the big games, which are, are going to be able to produce pieces that get big traffic. There's only ever maybe one or two matches that really look exciting, um, ever, and it, it's tough because you'd think, you know, with a top six like the top six that you have, you you will have maybe one fixture where it's those two teams playing. The rest of them are always against clubs where you think, well, that team should beat the other one. Well, yeah, we could do we could do a few uh, pieces on, I don't know, um, Brighton versus. Spurs, but they are—they simply aren't going to generate as much traffic as, as the as the um, I don't know Manchester United versus Liverpool match, obviously. Um, and it does feel as though there is no sort of there's no media medium teams now. There's no one who you think, oh, you know, I mean, even Burnley. With Burnley play the top six, you still expect the top six to win nine yeah. times out ten. And so what we've what we've seen is just I think. Uh, a, a gap opening out between the top and, and everyone else. So I, I, that, that would be my two suggestions for why, for, for for the phenomenon
1: that we're talking about there. And would you, would you think, sorry, but would, sorry, Ben, I was going to say, would you think then that when you say that it will stabilize in the future and teams who recognize that actually we need to invest a bit more wisely into how to progress, um, that there could be a situation then hopefully in the future where, more middle ground teams are coming to the forefront and teams that you you do see say let's pick an example of burnley say say burnley start wisely investing their money and progressing i think i think for me it's the the i don't ever feel like there is a possibility of a team improving year on year to get and, and break into that top six or or seven like everton have spent all that money this year I was still under no real illusion that oh they're gonna they're gonna be in the top four or anything this season because it just you you never feel like that monopoly well not even a monopoly uh, what is the word for six people in control <laughs> but, uh, but sex. I think it sounds it sounds far worse than it should <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, I mean it's 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 rare that a team would come along and be able to break that up obviously Leicester in the last few years is a is a prime example, but uh, of that, and that was a really exciting season. Um, I think that was that was kind of our hope for Stoke is that we would progress year on year. Yeah. We'd get a top, be a top ten team, in, improve, improve. I mean, these were the ambitions that Mark Hughes laid out: improve, improve, get European football. Like, and and obviously, and, and not obviously, but gradually improve. And I don't feel like I don't know. almost like that's not possible for teams.
0: Mm.
2: I'd, I'd, I'd say it should be possible I think it should be po- and I, it's surprising that it hasn't been done I mean Leicester probably are the example that have done it I mean that was shocking but they've somehow been able to maintain that level of of, of okay they, they might get into that sort of that whatever what, what you consider Everton to be I know they haven't been but that sort of I don't know 7th 8th position being their own um, that's probably down to having players like Mahrez and Vardy and who knows what happened when they leave but anyway the hope was for Stoke to be that team Three ninths in a row. It wasn't, oh, God, we're going to go down. It's, oh, how do we get to that next level? And now it's just fallen completely to shreds, and that's why it's so gutting. Mark Hughes, what have you done to our club? Slash everyone else. Um, Also, quick point, egalitarian. Longest word ever used on the pod, so living up to your name there, John. Thank you very much.
0: I I was (laughs) was impressed impressed by by sex (laughs) properly.
3: <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about what that board game would look like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think just another side point is the fact that what we've seen in recent years is the emergence of a top six rather than a top four, um, which has obviously stymied any chance for any of the other clubs to get into that now. And it feels as though what we're looking at now in football is rather than looking at like teams, or sides, it's, or clubs, it's brands. Um, and Manchester United are the classic example of that there 's a a brand that just was too big to fail they they they, they 've not played good football in five years, uh, and yet they 're still finishing in the top six uh, by dint purely of having having that brand that they can exploit and get big players in and and get more money in so I think that probably affects it as well. The other thing to think about as well actually is the fact that a lot of um savvy Businessmen are buying up championship clubs, realising that the easiest way to get your club into the Premier League and make them more sustainable is buying a club that where there's a lot more uh, availability to to make those changes earlier on, so that when your club gets into the Premier League, so that's what we've seen with, I mean, Huddersfield to an extent, uh, but we'll see that with Wolves, I've no doubt next season um, will they will stay up and they will look decent. Um, Again, they spent a lot of money, but they spent barely anything compared to what you would have to spend to to buy a Premier League club outright. So um, that's going to change the... the. And so for me, a lot of it is just a changing of a guard thing. If you sit back for a couple of years, you don't develop in the ways that you're supposed to develop, then you're, you're going to be left behind. And mm-hmm. yeah, and the stuff that you're talking about with why is it that Stoke haven't developed, why is it that it seems so promising? That I think you go into the Premier League and you are... Because of that a gap that is emerging you are you can't simply be like going in saying right we can go in and have the flamboyance to i mean this is the the message of crystal palace right you can't simply go in with with the ability to be like right what kind of football do we ideally want to play let's do that if it goes wrong like it did for palace then you spend the rest of your season essentially even though they've got great players they've done very well they're still in a relegation battle so i think you just don't have any choice you've got you've got to do what works for you and and what works is usually stodgy low block football that can produce results against against the the top sides, and then occasionally, yeah, we'll pull off a you'll pull off a surprise result. But I think that's just the nature of of, of hyper capitalism in in football. That's just we're just going to have to get used to it. Mm.
0: So, with that in mind, then is the championship a egalitarian dream world where everything is fair and uh, <laughs> anyone can beat anyone? Is the is the cliche there? Thought I'd get that in um like, yeah, as a supporter of a team in the championship is it is it better for that than than the Premier League, or have we been kind of misled the championship yeah, uh, the championship's a shithole it's it's and i say
3: that i say that not as someone trying to do down the quality of the league it's a great league to be in, but it's a right bastard of a league and it's the the problem is, for for example, at Leeds we we we've tried everything to try and get out of there, and none of it has worked. Um, and in the last few seasons, we've very much become. I mean, last season aside, we've become the Stoke City of the Championship. We finished basically in fifteenth, for, for f- between fifteenth and thirteenth, I think, um, for about six or seven seasons in a row. Um, yeah, and and you get very adept at. at the sort of cyclical nature of a season, right? When you get to you get to December and you're like, well, that's our season done. And you guys will know what that feels like. And it, you know, it, it's easy to it's easy to think that the grass is greener on the other side. I get that. And and what you what I find so interesting about being a fan is the way that you you know, it's like it's like religion has ris- like cyclicality. You know, you have you have Christmas and Easter or, or whatever. You have you have Ramadan, whatever religion you follow. And you and there is, there is what a, religion
0: so- is this? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm, all> together, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
3: um but you know that fans like i think in the same way that religions do they like that sort of you can get into the the, the habit of, of of enjoying what what that becomes i know i know there's there's always that longing for something else but deep in deep inside i think all of us like the fact that our club is shit and it and you know <laughs> it's our club right it's our club and it's shit and and that's what we that's what we love um but there is always that hope there are always it is always that sort of like Future hope that one day will be like, like the other, and 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 yeah, that works. This season for me has been the first season where I have been entirely bored by Leeds United because I think we spent we, we spent money. We've got a new owner in. We have got a new director of football in. Uh, we got a new manager in. Two new managers in, and it just it just it's got to a point now where you think I'm putting time and effort into this club, and they're it's it's not even it's not even fulfilling that cyclicality that i expect where we have a manager in the in the beginning we have a whole season we think oh you know maybe this is it and then it with this season it's just been it's been a shit show we've just it it doesn't feel it feels like they're just flying on the seat of their pants and they and and i think this is one of the um the the net results of what we're seeing in football money going into football is that it it does become a less enjoyable product for the fans and you have to realize that that is even if even if you're not winning things you have to make the whole experience worthwhile for fans because fans are spending more and more money and more and more time to follow their club and if that if that becomes anodyne then who cares i am i'm i'm not going to go out of my way it cost me probably about 200 pounds to go up to leeds and watch a game all told everything included why would I put that amount of effort in for something where it just feels it just feels random? I'm like, we, for all I know, I could book a ticket in two weeks and we'd have a new manager. I don't care. <laughs> I, I I I want to feel invested in my club. You know, I don't want to feel I don't want to feel as though my club is just something that is just like throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. And that's what it feels like at the moment. So I think that that is. That is what I, I mean. This is very distant and very negative. I'm sorry. When the question was, "Is the is the championship a good league to be in?" Yeah, the championship is a great league to be in, and I think I think <laughs> you will enjoy it because I think I think this is you know this is this is going to be the moment where Stoke City, the, the club, have to. Like ask themselves right, what are we? What is it that we're going to be? You, you can do that in the Premier League oh, every season, week in, week out. But when you drop down a division, then you do have to ask those hard questions. Then they will ask those hard questions. So I think, I think you will. There'll be there'll be some very um, strong soul searching over the over the summer, hopefully. Um, and it, you'll you'll enjoy your season. The, the, the thing that is good is it's very hard to go down out of the, the Championship. Um, I say that as a Leeds fan who has experienced a club going down out of the Championship. But um, I think there is there is. It does feel more real, um, and and if, if if anything we've talked about today, the Premier League doesn't feel authentic, and you will feel you will feel more authentically football fans, I think, being in the, in the Championship again.
2: I, I reckon it will feel really authentic when we try and find out the number for Quest, so we can watch the highlights <laughs> on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, uh, thanks for that, John. I definitely feel um, Miserable now, but maybe we'll get a a. Uh, a they nice might be following badge. you on
3: Twitter. You have been feeling miserable in the last few months. So you cannot you cannot lay this flame at my door.
0: <laughs> He's got me back to rights there, um, but maybe we'll get a nice new badge like what Leeds got. Um, yeah, that that's authentic and real fans, isn't it? Yeah. That's, what, that's what we were missing, you about. see. That was the one the, the one
3: key thing that we were missing in our in our charge for the Premier League was a badge. Yeah, these these Leeds.
0: Um. Chris, so uh, we've kind of discussed on the podcast about like how uh, yeah we get to this stage of the Premier League season where you're either going down or we've just about stayed up and you're like oh yeah I'm sick of the Premier League, it's a load of rubbish. But as we've just said, the Championship's a shithole. Um, I know you follow the Bundesliga quite closely, Chris. Like, but but when people talk about these foreign leagues, it's like oh Bayern just dominate in Germany. Madrid and Barca just dominating in Spain. Like, what league should we try and get in? <laughs> should, we try, should we apply for the Scottish League or something?
1: I think, genuinely, if we're looking for ones where things are a bit different, then we should be applying for the MLS. Clearly, I think we do. I think we do well there. There is no relegation. Um, we how are you talking? Yeah, we get to partake. I mean, we we could. Realistically, every season getting a playoff because they have playoffs every year, don't they? In that league, we could. It'd be great. I love <laughs> it. So if, if we came last, oh, I think get of the first... away days. That'd be fantastic. I mean, yeah, if we if we came last, we'd get first draft pick and all that type of thing. It'll be be superb. I'll, I'll, I'm loving it. <laughs> I I have yeah, nothing listen. more to add on the MLS. I don't really know a lot about it, apart from it's, it's,
3: it's MLS for a start, not the MLS. So you've I, already uh... you've already oh. you've
1: already alienated all of your American listeners, I'm afraid. Oh, sorry, sorry, Zach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, oh well, I'm I'm the worst. It's like now I understand what it's like when you know the, the Americans now understand when they call it the EPL, how how angry I feel about it so Sorry, but
2: the the EPL makes more grammatical sense the, than the, the MLS. The just major to sort league of put soccer. the major league soccer or the English yeah, Premier League, yeah.
1: the major league. So just I mean this is, a massive,
2: this is a this is this is a classic. Derailed, derailed the conversation again. Segue. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we should go to MLS, Dave. Dave, Dave. <laughs>
0: okay, good. <laughs> right, we're back on track now. um uh the next question I've written down is uh is the Premier League actually boring which we've kind of discussed uh there Chris like you you don't feel like too satisfied with the Premier League. Uh Ben like do do you just kind of switch off now from the Premier League do you think it's do you think it's kind of just eh? yeah I mean it's interesting I
2: I was well, driving away back home from that game last night um, and I was listening to the Liverpool game um, and it's just, you, it, it's a true point. Like I'm, It's Liverpool v Bournemouth, so immediately, even me, I'm just like, I don't care about this result. I I didn't watch it when I got home. I didn't go and switch it on the telly. I was just listening to it on the radio because there was nothing else on. And then I'm even, I don't know, I I, I mean, the great example of how the Premier League is boring, I, I'm watching Match of the Day in bed and I, I just—I literally fell asleep. I woke up about half one and my laptop was still playing BBC One. At some point during match of the day, at which point I am not entirely <laughs> sure, I literally switched off completely and fell asleep because I was not clearly enjoying it. And that might be down to Gary Lineker, Alan Sheeran, Ian Wright. But I, again, can't say. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know about the Premier League. It, it's an interesting one, really. I... Through the podcast, through who are you? We've been to a lot of different stadiums and games, and and I've been to a few non-league games around the Manchester area on on a Saturday at three o'clock. And I, it it's so much simpler to be able to just walk up to a game, pay a tenner or whatever, and just have a nice time. That you don't have to, you don't have to worry about seeing an amazing bit of skill. There's no expectation there. There's just I'm going to go watch a game of football with probably a mate or maybe even on my own. Sip on a beer and jobs are good and everyone go home happy the premier league i switch on and and you kind of i watch it because i want something wrong to i want something to go wrong for the top six side if it's a top six side against a, another one or if it's two top six sides you obviously want just a, a game full of goals and madness there's that expectation for something amazing to happen in the premier league because there's there's this thing that the premier league is amazing so why would it not happen every single game where it just doesn't so you you get the one nils, which would be fine in a sort of non-league game where you'd pay the tenner, but you get those sort of boring one nil, nil 0 games on telling. It's like, that was the worst thing ever, never getting those two hours of my life back, or whatever, on Twitter and, and that kind of stuff. It's weird. Um, is the Premier League boring? Probably a bit. But then football can be boring because we're sort of <laughs> used to just seeing highlights all the time now. So I think we've sort of we've just got used to seeing amazing moments but then when you go to a, a lower league game and I'm not sure this will happen with the championship even because they're still getting this expect- expectation but when you go to a quotation mark rubbish game of football it's obviously not rubbish I wish I was that good at football um, you don't expect anything and, and you just have a nice time because it's football and you like it and that's why we all started watching it I guess
0: mm-hmm. well, yeah well that kind of takes me on to my next question is um I suppose this is more for Chris and Ben. Like, what do we actually want from Stoke now? Assuming, assuming, all going well, we go down. Like, what? What are your kind of expectations from following Stoke now, Chris? Are they right? We need to get back up. We need to get in the Premier League. Are they? You know what? It's it's tough to get back up, but I just want to have a good time. Uh, and what, and what makes it a good time for you following Stoke right. because it's been a long time since i've considered you know a Stoke game to be a good time
1: well, uh, well i think from a, a purely on the pitch point of view my expectation would be for them to invest wisely and to make a go of getting promoted because i mean we've said this on and, and time and time again but i don't if you are not looking to try and at least improve and achieve you know winning things what is the point in participating in a in a in a league or it it, like i understand that not everyone can can win it and goodness me but if you are not at least trying to improve your team year on year what is what is the point so i would i would want us to make a go of, of promotion and especially in the next season or two when we are at a financial advantage to other well I say a financial advantage to other teams in the in the championship because of the parachute payments, but there is a lot of money floating around in that division. Um, but whilst these parachute payments are coming in, you'd want us to make advantage of it and at least try and, and have a go uh, off the uh, off the pitch. And for me personally, I mean, I just uh, it's funny that I just want to feel like football is a bit more authentic again as john was saying there's something very hyper capitalist about the premier league and that's not to say that the championship isn't because goodness me it quite clearly is but i i want to at least feel and, and maybe this is a case of when you're away from the spotlight of the premier league and it, and there aren't 12 articles written every minute about every little nuance of the premier league and you're you're not under that intense spotlight all the <laughs> He's time. Talking about you, John. I'm not. am <laughs> no, not. But no, no. It's you know when when you're not being you when the champ the championship obviously gets quite it's still a bit of coverage, but you you don't feel like you are under the watchful eye of the media the entire time. And I kind of feel like that gives us the ability to feel a little bit more connected to the club that's all i actually really want is to feel some form of connection to stoke again not that i don't feel connected but and may i was gonna say i'd like to feel like i feel, felt towards that <laughs> 2018 but that that was a long time ago and maybe maybe just maybe my feelings towards football are just because i've got older and i'm not as romantically involved in it and Perhaps perhaps Probably. I'm just rambling through a midlife crisis to you right now <laughs> on a podcast.
2: I think I think the thing is obviously no one wants to get relegated again just to to make that clear. We're not we don't want to do a Sunderland that would be Hot disastrous. Take. <laughs> we keep on we
1: I, <laughs> we keep on I was going to say but you, but we do want to do that because we want to reclaim our uh, checker trade trophy. And do that. So, so we'll do oh, that. oh Of course.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll do that Silver first, linings. Silver on. linings. Yeah. Um, but we, I, I, we, I keep on harking back to the game yesterday. But there, there was a bloke next to me at this FC United to Manchester game, just like moaning at every single little mistake his players were making. And I just, I found it brilliant because even at that level, at the sixth tier, in a in a club that's really struggling for cash, not in probably in a good place financially. They can still get pissed off at this part-time bloke turning off on a Saturday, doing his best probably, but mes- missing a pass, and he still gets annoyed. And it, it got me thinking, like whatever level you are, football fans are at a similar level of like happiness or sadness. It, we we try and sort of denote too much to it. I think to our happiness being a football fan, every football fan, the difference between happiness and sadness, I don't think is that much. I mean, the moment that Man City will get. The championship i'm sure or the premier league they'll they'll be happy and whatever for this season, but on average, if you average over sort of a three year period or something, football fans feel the same, regardless of whether you're at the top of the premier League or i don 't know mid table of league two you you've got your expectation of sometimes you'll win sometimes you'll lose, but that's what it matters because you 're there and you're having a good time so if we get to the championship as i I think what i'd like to see in the championship is in an ideal world, is sort of what we expected from the Premier League. And, and that's to go to games and be able to win some, win some in a nice style. I mean, literally a handful of games ever in my life, Stoke have probably won in a, in a nice style. But wouldn't it be nice to drop down to the Championship and be able to do that? Um, I'm not expecting it, but it would be nice. Um, and then from there, if we can challenge for promotion then fine if we can't then also fine because we can still watch the game we can still have fun i can still it'll be easier to get tickets for me um as a as a, as a non season ticket holder in a in a in a selfish way good on me but as long as we as long as we can <laughs> another hot take i know but as long as we're there and um we're not going to be too dissatisfied we'll just you just get used to the equilibrium of, of championship football at this moment in time we're like oh no it's the end of the world we're going down but at the end of the day next season we'll probably be moaning just as much <laughs> we'll probably be happy we'll just just be as happy as we are right now but we'll be in a different place but because of the sort of the ladder of it all it seems like life is going horribly wrong and, and it'll be over by this time of next season but it won't I hope and you'll be, winning, you'll be yeah. winning a lot more games so that's what everyone keeps on saying no guarantee but we hope
3: <laughs> i was gonna say i know i have no right to to sort of jump in at this point because um, i have nothing to do with stoke city but it's interesting again hearing what you're saying about authenticity and i think what the premier league has become like the opera now in that you get your tickets well too expensive you go and you go into an auditorium you watch the show and then you leave and mm. Again, in recent times, I've been to the Bundesliga. I've started going along to... to I'm going to out myself as a massive wanker. I've started going along to Dolwich Hamlet because they are my, because they are my <laughs> club and they're, they're obviously getting shafted by, by major corporations. So I've been to a couple of those games and those games, they, and, and this is what you're saying about feeling as though you connect to a community. Those games, yeah. do they do, feel, they do feel more in... I, do you know what I think? We talk about, is the Premier League boring? And the, the question that we're asking there is, it's a quality question, right? You're asking what is the, what's the the actual quality of the Premier League? Now the Premier League is very good quality. It's like, I think probably the best football at the top level of of any league in, in Europe at the moment Um, across the top six. I think if you looked at each top six around, around Europe, people don't watch football simply for the best quality. And I think there's, there's been, there's been a correlation between people thinking a league is good with thinking, are the players in it good? And I've having been to a few Dolich Hamlet games. I've enjoyed them, even though the quality is naff. I've got into them. I care about them winning. They are more exciting because you don't know what's going to happen. Like you can have clear one on ones, and and like there's no there's no (laughs) there's no saying what will happen. So I I think we we need to be very aware of the fact when we talk about this sort of thing. What do we mean when we when we're talking about boring? What is it? What are we aspiring to? Like what is exciting football? Um, Because I can get excited about by watching. Manchester City play, like you said, Chris. But mm-hmm. I can watch their games and I can kind of think. The only games I find exciting are like Champions League games, where it feels like there's a lot more at stake, and it's there's that every everyone in Europe is involved. But yeah, you can you can be less bored watching worse
1: football um, yeah. in terms of quality. So I think that's just a point to, I, to be made. I yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot for a lot to be said for for atmosphere and all those other. Um, nice things that come along with it and i think when you you, you've been to the bundesliga john and dave you say as you said I, i follow it quite regularly quite often the when the bundesliga is touted as being an alternative to the premier league it's not based too too much on the quality and that's not to say that the quality isn't there because it quite clearly is and but it's it's to do with the atmosphere that the Bundesliga creates because having having been to and I know Dortmund is a special case but having been to uh, Signal Iduna Park like it is a completely different atmosphere to what you would um, experience well at least what I've experienced on a regular match day in the Premier League it's and I think that's kind of that that, when we say authenticity it's the connection with the, the everyday fan the person who lives in the locality, who goes along to the game. Um, and I i don't know whether that will change when we go to the Championship. That, in my head, I feel well, it will, but I don't know. Um, but that is my hope. Yeah.
0: Well, a, a couple of uh, points on what you are just talking about there. I think what a lot of people want from football is kind of chaos rather than quality football. They want okay. entertainment. No, yeah. if, if that comes from... Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva tearing a team to pieces, or it's from this amazing goal that we saw at FC United yesterday, Ben, where a goalkeeper ran out <laughs> to the edge of the area, uh, tried to head it away, but ended up flicking it backwards, ito style, into the path of the striker. Something as like slapstick as that. Um, I was just going to say on kind of your point, Chris, like uh, one of the kind of arguments I've seen trotted about. Uh, about our relegation will be, won't it be great when all the hangers-on from the Premier League promotion, the 2008ers, the FIFA generation, uh, you, I think, you're you're one of these people. Um, <laughs> won't it be great when they all stop coming to the Premier League and we've got the uh, real fans in the stadium again? Like... Are you just, I, I, I always kind of want to hit my head on my laptop whenever I see that real fans phrase, but um, do, you, do you think there's any
1: truth to that at all? No, not really, What because what, what people are saying there is that, oh, I can't wait till the young people don't come along again, can't wait for, which is a ridiculous statement, and the idea that, of course, there was a, a swell in popularity uh, when we were doing well and we got promoted in 2008, but we've been there for, for 10 years now and people are 10 years older and we've got a gener- a new generation of fans on their own. I don't think that the size of the crowds will be uh, sold out every week like they are in the Premier League, but I don't think we're you're going to see this return to 12,000 people At the at the ground again, (laughs) at least not unless we go on years and years of a downward spiral. Um, But I I just think that 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 feeds into a a lovely narrative that proper football men have, isn't it? Where oh these kid these kids and the YouTubes and the FIFAs and the football man they they think they know players because they've seen them on a computer game. Like it's it's all very it's very. It's not just kids though either, is it? It's no, not it's just kids. It's, uh, it's the 27 year old me clearly... on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that. <laughs> I am I am target number one. And whilst I was there before 2008, I will quite happily admit that yes, I play Football Manager, and as a result, i <laughs> heard of some players because I bought them for Newcastle United or something ridiculous like that. But I don't. I. It's that it's that idea that somehow things will be we'll go back to the old days and you can kind of this is going to be a r- 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 weird tangent but forgive me so where i live it's that same idea that you get around here where it's like well if we just reopen the pits everything will go back to how it was in the 1960s <laughs> we'll have all the men will be in industry and it will be great it's it's harking back to this idea of um oh ble- um rose-tinted specs. Brexit Britain, Dave. That's what we're at. Oh, oh
0: Chris. <laughs> you're doing so
1: well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah. no, that's all but right, you, Chris. But yeah, I and that that was quite a rant. I I think that I don't think you'll see a drop in in, in gate too much. I don't think you're going to lose too many of the young kids who have got into Stoke over the last few years. Um but but it's nice for some people to have someone to rally against, isn't it? And be angry at. So good for them.
2: It's a, it's a shame though, isn't it? Because because clubs should be fighting for the next generation to come to the games. It shouldn't be a battle between old and young people for who supports I, the club. I don't. W- I don't like think.
0: Well. It, I don't think it is really. I think it's it's wherever these ten thousand extra fans came from. Like they they could just be like but that's 50... a, that's a natural part of things. Yeah, they. they that's that's why Liverpool are the best supported club or whatever, whoever it is. Like, yeah, I, I'm just saying it's the reality. I'm just saying I don't. Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't necessarily think they they are all young people, but that it, they are <laughs> part of the kind of argument but, you hear from people say, "Oh, it's just load of more young people are coming to see the Premier League," where I think it's, it's people of all ages, and like so, some of them might just be old old people who just want to see Stoke in the Premier but, League, and that's fine. You, they might not even be Stoke fans. It, it's kind of silly to think that of the twenty eight thousand people in the Stoke End at any given game that they will all be Stoke fans and all kind of really feel passionately about the club. Some people will just come for a day out. Do you know what? I don't care. That's fine. Like yeah. what, why? Why are you? Why is this kind of this? I this kind of cliquey <laughs> mentality of like but, you have you have to be. A certain kind of person to yeah. follow Stoke itself. I
1: think, but I think that's exactly it. And I think in every single fan base of everything, there is a sense of, well, we are the true fans. We've known more about this. We've gone for long. We've gone to games or whatever for longer. I mean, you. Were, I think, was it you, Dave, who retweeted about the Arctic Monkeys tickets that went on sale this week? There's even a <laughs> sense of entitlement amongst Arctic Monkeys fans who are like, oh, if, if I've lost out to a ticket, because some 13-year-old who only knows bum has got a ticket. Yeah. Like, like There's there's a sense of... Yeah, and that's not to say that people aren't, but, I don't know, a real fan, because they know a lot about mm. the club that they support, but... I don't know, I just think we should welcome everyone
0: Yeah The the, the Arctic Monkeys I kind of, the, I stretched the metaphor a lot longer in my head rather than tweeting about it because it was like uh, well, the, you know the, they want the authentic Arctic Monkeys back, you know, back in 2008 when they are all just indie music rather than all American and stuff, let's get back to that days and I feel there's kind of a Stoke Championship parallel I could draw there, <laughs> a given time mm-hmm. and a couple, couple of pints um, but I think I think we'll kind of uh, close by talking about uh, the media coverage. John, you are a, a member of the media. Um, so are
3: you guys? I hasten to add.
0: No? Yeah, but we're, we're we're not we're not fan we're just fan media. We're not proper media. Um, <laughs> uh, like I don't know how closely you've been following us, John, but like. I, what have you made of kind of the media coverage of Stoke's demise if, if there is even much to speak of?
3: Yeah, no, it's an interesting question. I, in terms of, in terms of our Stoke coverage, we do not cover Stoke a huge amount because we are, we are hunting for traffic and, and that's.
2: Cause no yeah, one cares. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so to
3: really- be fair with you, to be fair to you, I think what's happened with Stoke is that you have been the victims of a media uh, campaign to, to, and I don't know why this might be the case, but the, the, there is this notion, and I think you get it everywhere. Like You listen to any football podcast, you watch Match of the Day, Stoke will always be shoved in at the end because we have to, really, unless they get tonked by Tottenham 5-1, which is what they use. <laughs> or 4 like one of the two. And I, it, I, I get why that happens, because you know, the media has, have to produce, I guess, uh, co- collective, um, well, they have to cover everything. But the problem is, is that you know who, like, who cares what Danny Murphy thinks about Stoke City? <laughs> Danny, Murphy, Danny Murphy has probably not even watched the City game that he comment, commentates on. He's probably watched the, the Manchester uh, Match of the Day um, clip that he has to cover and he's probably been given a script to talk about. Um, and that's fine that, it, it, on one level. If you want to see what Stoke did on the day watch match of the day i guess and and maybe do what i do which is watch it after the fact and then just skip through the the punditry (laughs) um but but the problem is then is that we expect the same level of we we expect because the pundits who are covering the top six they're covering the, the bottom six as well we expect that to be the same level of punditry and so it's very 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 easy for lazy narratives to come out about Clubs like stoke that i'm sure there's plenty of there are plenty of interesting pieces that could have been done on stoke this season but you won't see them in the mainstream because it's not worth their while and i i am in a similar scenario and i'm not mainstream media by any any um stretch but again i will not cover stoke city that much in a, in, in another week um so i think this is why i think that fan media is is absolutely um pivotal in in covering these things because um you, again, you you're, you 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 see far more of the game than than anyone else in the mainstream will be. You have the opportunity to talk about what's actually happening in the in the club. You have you know you you have a much better idea of what's going on behind the scenes because the, there's that interest there. So yeah, I think the problem the problem with the media on Stoke is that is that it's just the as we've said before it's just the the, the part part and parcel of the way that football has gone. Um, And Stoke have just sort of, I think, as a result of the way that they played when they first came in, they've they've just sort of been tarred with that brush and that's that.
0: Uh, Chris, um, I've seen a tweet this morning actually saying, uh, we need our supporter groups, reps, to put real pressure on our CEO and technical director. We never hear off them and need to explain why they've messed up so badly. Like, he, he said supporter groups and reps there, but if you kind of take that out, further, you could say, do we have a responsibility as a, a Stoke podcast to uh, put pressure on the powers that be to ask serious questions? Like, w- when you when you sit down to record, Chris, are you thinking, right, I, I, I need to say this and get this message out, or <laughs> are you, like me, just, just winging it?
1: <laughs> well, we're always just winging it, uh, but it's really interesting because I don't maybe i don't feel like this podcast is in any way a i don't think anyone at the club listens to this podcast as a form of fan voice i think that agreed like i think that we yeah we record this for hopefully some people to listen to and enjoy it i don't think that by any means we are a the voice of the the voiceless or anything um, <laughs> like that um but i suppose on a on a sense that the fans are the the reason football is put on is for fans and consumers to to watch it and so the it, it is up to fans to voice their concern and when when things aren't haven't gone that way so in in a sense what that tweet said is, is completely correct we it is our responsibility as fans to show that we are unhappy and and to ask for some uh some answers as to why things haven't gone so well, um, but it's interesting <coughs> that I don't think that I'm the fan to voice that concern. When you when you said that to me, I'm like, well, I'll, yeah, but no one no one cares about what I've got to say on a podcast because cause we're just podcast boys, innit it? And like no one, <laughs> but but yeah, I do feel like they sh- that that clubs should listen to fans in their various groups and whatnot. Mm. <sighs> Saying that, I don't think they will. Like realistically, I don't think there's going to be any form of communique from the club saying, listen, this is what's gone on this year. There's not. This is the problem, I suppose, with clubs across the board, but my gripe with Stoke is that we've not been transparent with how we've operated things this year. We've had people come out and say, what's all the fuss about? We ha- are having <laughs> daily leaks about things happening in the club, and it's quite clear that it's just there. there isn't really the, the board are not really seeing themselves as accountable to the fans in that sense um whose job it is to bring that together and to start getting some answers I don't really know um I saw calls for a protest at the club and i'm even I'm, I'm even thinking oh really because like i don't I don't feel that angry that we need to be bringing banners or anything I don't know maybe just people are, are at different levels of anger than me, and maybe i'm just oh. Dissatisfied. Sorry. Go on.
3: John. What would you expect the club to say? I mean, and, I know this is this is a, a question. I, whenever I hear things like this, I always kind of think, well, yeah, fair yeah. enough. You have the right to expect the club to come out and say something, but the club would just come out and be like, "We've lost too many games this <laughs> season. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We could have sacked Hughes earlier, but we would have been in the same boat most likely. Oh. I don't know. I always, I always think that. Is,
1: I think. I think. Is you, why they don't respond. Yeah, I think you're correct, and I think what when people like when I say, "Oh, I want answers from the club," what I'm actually saying is, for for months and months we've all noticed similar things happening here, uh, and we we've all identified issues. Uh, so, excuse me, my my child's popping in the kitchen again and saying hello. Oh, she's disappeared. Never mind. I thought she was going to be a guest on the, <laughs> the podcast again. No, could have we... been uh, BBC that BBC News. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> But yo, no, yeah. When I say that I want answers, it's not actually um, me saying I want them to come out and give us, uh, let us know what's gone on. Actually, what I want is, I want you to come out and and validate my opinions. I want you to come out and, <laughs> and tell me, like, that what I think has happened this year is true, and admit that you are that there's some level of fault. And of course, they're a professional organization. They're probably not going to do that. Um, so maybe it's unrealistic for me to want them to even say anything. Um, but we want
2: them to answer why they didn't bring Bojan back in oh, yeah, That's, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the real question. That's the main one. De-
3: why they didn't deploy Ngoi, right?
0: <laughs> oh. oh my god. Oh, he's one of us. <laughs> one of us. One of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good question because I feel like I've got a lot of questions. Some of them, like you say, Chris, I just want my own opinion validated. Like <laughs> I want them to admit that yeah Hugh should have gone earlier. I want them to admit that Saido Berrejino was a waste of money but, <laughs> there's, but there's also questions like I genuinely, genuinely like quite want to know the answer to which is how do we sign players like what is our kind of process to, who actually signs the players at the club because I don't think any Stoke fan is 100% sure on, on issues like that but um,
2: yeah I'm, who, I'm, who okayed the signing of Kevin Vimmer I think is the, <laughs> is the one as well
0: yeah, well, there there are many many signings I've got uh, questions about. Uh, <laughs> like, where where does Hesse get those hats from? Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm not I'm not like gonna be marching because I, I think Peter Coates is is like a nice man who's done a lot, and I don't want to throw things at the director's box or anything like that. Yeah. But, um. We spoke to someone at FC United uh, yesterday, Ben, who's just started a new fanzine because they've got real issues at their club with debt and things like that. Whereas, uh, like, what I suppose my question is: like, what is the responsibility, if any, of of fan media, of podcasts, of fanzines to to instigate change or or ask questions, if you like?
2: I think it's it's it, fans have a voice. F- fans have opinions. Sorry, and what podcasts and fanzines do is give that voice a, a, a louder reach. So I, I saw they were all over the stadium. This was their first ever, um, first ever edition of their fanzine, and they were all over the stadium. People were buying it. I saw people reading it. Dave and I. Well, Dave had more of a, a read than me. I flick through, and and there was some interesting stuff in there. I mean, will. Will it do anything in the club, realistically? Maybe at that level, it's probably got more of a chance to influence things. I mean, I don't think Peter Coach listens to Wizard of Drivel, which makes me very sad. <laughs> but the point is, of this, pro- I mean, it probably started for you, Dave, as it, as it was your baby, is you've, you've got a lots of opinions and you want to voice those opinions and it makes you feel a bit better doing it <laughs> on an official basis. Um, it doesn't make if, me feel if better. If that, <laughs> <laughs> if that influences other people... Um, to think the same, or maybe question their their opinions, and maybe think in a different way, then that's probably the point of it. It's it's almost like a, a political thing where we want to, well, not even want to, but we want to we want to share our opinion if people agree or disagree. That's always been the point of this podcast to to get people involved and and sort of have that conversation and and voice what we think. So I don't think podcasts certainly at our level. At Stoke's level, are going to change anything, but maybe if we keep on getting relegated, and in six, seven years' time, maybe we will influence things. But then we'll also be in the National League North. So, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it, 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 the point is is that the media
3: is changing, right? And like the the only reason that I say this on my podcast all the time, and I get rinsed for it, but you know, the, the media are supposed to exist between the fans and the, and the, and the club. And the reason why they existed as they did for so long was because they had the wherewithal to do that. And what we're seeing now is that with the ability of being able to produce good quality content cheaply, anyone can become media. And and the, the point is, is we're going, we are going to see this happening more and more often. The reason why your, your podcast will, will work over against the, the mainstream is because you're covering Stoke in way more depth than the mainstream ever could, right? And so... I think everyone has this idea of, oh, you know, the media are out there that that that's who the media are, but essentially you become media by simply doing what you're doing and then getting more and more exposure and, and more and more, um, I guess contacts within the club. And that's good. That's a good thing. And, and, and so I, just, I, I, I suspect what the, the problem is, is that we still have this idea of the media as being sort of crusty old men wearing John Motson coats who get to go <laughs> into the club, but it's things, things are changing, you know, the, um, the, med- the media has become so much more um, widespread than it has on my good friend Miguel Delaney, he says to me, well <laughs> you, you, you work for a blog, blog spot he calls my website a blog spot I'm salaried to work for my website he's salaried to work for his website mm-hmm. I am a member of the SJA he's a member of the SJA <laughs> this is the thing the thing is that the media is now it's become it has become flattened out and so you have to I think you have to be aware of the fact that you know yeah don't don't get like delusions of grandeur or anything but being in being in the media is simply allowing an outlet for for uh, the fans to, to give them I guess, more information about the club, whatever. But you guys are the media, and I think you do a very good job of it. So
0: props. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's a, that's a nice point in which to end. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's going to be it for this episode, unless uh, anyone has any other business they want to raise. Um, and just on that point on, on the media, it was, uh, you do get the sense that certainly you kind of mainstream writers, yeah. newspaper writers and so on do exist in this bubble to the point where like when they're questioned by either fan or club that and they kind of prick that bubble then everything's turned into chaos like the uh when Arsenal sends a gif of Ozil drinking tea to a writer it's suddenly an attack on the media or if a if a fan questions like well you didn't really explain this part of the club which is a big deal and then it suddenly becomes an attack on them, and it feels like certainly the uh, media kind of draw up the drawbridge sometimes. And uh, that's that's why that's why we're here to just talk talk drivel for <laughs> an hour and and make us feel better for not getting proper jobs in the mainstream media. <laughs> uh, is that it from you, Chris? Yeah, that's it from me. Nice one, see you later, Ben. See you later. Have a good one, uh, John. Um, since you're uh, this is only your second appearance, do you want to plug a load of stuff? Because you do do a lot of stuff. Uh,
3: yeah, I, I guess I do. Um, if you want to follow, if you want to follow the stuff that I write, it's all on. It basically all comes out on Twitter. So um, that's at Mackenzie and John is spelled without an H. And mckenzie are spelled with an a between the m and the c so very very memorable twitter handle there Um, in terms (laughs) of yeah my other my my, most of my written stuff at the moment is coming out on um real sport as well that's realsport101.com and then the other thing i would push is my my podcast which is on the team of john o'shea's platform we're we're running a what we're calling morons podcast at the moment so if you want to that's all about basically looking at the football media it's a bit more of a media watch approach to, to football media. So we talk about some of the things that have gone on on Twitter or in the media. Um, uh, we, for example, this week we talked about Arsenal fan TV basically being moved over onto Channel 4. So if, you, if those sorts of things interest you, then, then pop over and have a listen to us. That's uh, at Tojos, T O J O S, underscore on Twitter. Uh, and then we're on Audio Boom as well. So keep a lookout for that.
0: Brilliant. Um, thank you very much for listening. Go on, Stoke. Oof.